You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. we got a lot going on on this show today. Steve Perodzinski is going to be on. He writes for Socks in the Basement. Plus, we are sponsored today and for the season by Cork and Carey at the Park. Remember, we will be at 33rd and Princeton right on the corner at Cork and Carey at the Park on the 28th of March, a live show. And when I say live, I mean you use the Podbean app. You can go to SocksInTheBasement.com. When you go there on your phone or any kind of thing that does apps, so like your tablet, it'll immediately prompt you, do you want the Podbean app? And go ahead and download it. It's free. The account is free. And what it allows you to do is when we go live, you'll be able to actually listen to the show live on the app. And then you'll be able to call in on the app and participate in the chat room on the app. And so it's it's a completely interactive way to do Socks in the Basement. We will be doing it for the first time ever from Cork and Carey at the Park on the 28th right before and hopefully right after that game. Our our plan is to be there for the for the day. We're going to watch the game while we're at the park. So I'm actually going to we're going to hang out at Cork and Carey at the park. If you want to get tickets for the game, get tickets for the game and then come. If you're just want to hang out and watch the game in the bar, come hang out and watch the game in the bar. I'll be sitting there. All right? We're All we're right. going to be we're be hanging at the bar. We're going to do We're going to say we're going to be we're going to be at the the bar the entire game. Not, yeah. not we're not going to be in okay. the a couple of folks, believe it or not, Chris, asked me about this. Um, they had said, so are you guys going to that game or are you just going to be doing pre and post game? Like, what's the deal? I'm so staying the, at Cork and Carey. Yeah, at the, the, clar- the clarification on that is we will be we will be at the park, uh, the or excuse me, not at the park. We'll be at Cork and Carey at the park the whole time. The place the place is awesome. The beer is good. The food is great. The food so is great. The food is great. Come on out. The food is 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 something that. I remember when we started talking with them a while back and I was like, okay, they got these, they, they talk about how they have the gourmet burgers. And I was like, ah, all right. Everybody says they got I, gourmet right, burgers, right? Everybody says that. And yeah. I'm like, ah, all right. And then like my father comes to the last event that we had there towards the end of the year. And I'm like, you want to get something to eat? And he's like, yeah, sure. So we're sitting there watching the game. It was the same kind of thing pre and post, but we stuck around to watch the game and we ordered some burgers there and he takes like two bites and he looks at me and he's like, Man, these really are good. Like, I mean, like he's like, I didn't, really, I didn't really expect the food to be like. What I mean, this the the food. Everybody always talks about the ballpark food. Uh, the ballpark maybe should be knocking on Cork and Carey at the park's door and being like, hey, right. can we get the recipe for some of those burgers? Because it's it's good stuff. So make sure you see us out there on the twenty eighth. If you want to listen live, you can listen live. And remember, if you don't listen live, don't worry about it. It will be in podcast form across all formats, just like this show is. It'll be released after we do the event. Now. One other thing we have to do is we need a guest. We need several guests for this event. Okay. I reached out to Brooks Boyer last week. Did he actually return your he call? He did not return my phone call. So, <laughs> nice. so we have we have another stage in this plan, if you'll just bear with me for one moment. How are you, John? Uh You are just, I would say, probably about a mile or so away from... Uh, Guaranteed rate field where the White Sox play, right? I think you're the closest store to them. Yeah, 
I wanted to make an order for Brooks Boyer, and so I was wondering okay. if I if I could order over the phone and uh, and send something over there. Yeah, we'll we'll be able to do it today. It's uh, three 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 West Thirty Fifth Street. Is I believe their actual address. If you need that. Okay. And can I have your first and last name? Sure. My first name is Chris. Last okay. name is Lanuti. L A N U T I. Have you ever heard of the Socks in the Basement podcast? Socks in the Basement? No, I've never heard of it, but I'll make sure to look up. It's the number one White Sox podcast out there. It's, uh, oh, it's awesome. like a half hour a week. It's uh, two fans sitting at my basement bar, nine foot homemade oak bar, drinking some beers, talking about the socks. <laughs> True. That's awesome. We're doing a live event at Cork and Carry at the park on the, uh, on the 28th on opening weekend. You should stop by. Oh, okay, awesome. Uh, I, I'll, I'll stop by. Can I leave? Can I send a message? Is there a way you can take down a message that's on it too? Yeah. Uh, so um, I'll get the information of the recipient first, and okay. then we'll be able to write down the message. Oh, can I have the first and last name? Uh, first name is Brooks, B R O O K S, and his last okay. name is Boyer, B O Y E R. Okay. He's a big deal over there. <laughs> nice. Okay, and do you know what you'd like to get him? Yeah, I want to get him, you have something called Game Day Delight with a baseball edible donut. It's product code 5819. 5819? Yeah. Okay. And we do have uh, three sizes. We have a petite, right. small, and regular. Yeah, I uh, I don't make that Chuck Garfine money, so we can't do regular but because uh, I'm just a podcast. But we'll, we'll do the, the small. I don't want to be cheap, so we'll do the middle one. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds good. Okay, and it does come with a card message. Would you like to say anything on it? Yes, I would. Okay. Dear Brooks, you'll get more tasty surprises like this at our live podcast, March 28th at Cork and Carry at the Park. At the Park. Okay, and then just, uh, if you don't mind, can you write uh, write uh, Hugs and Kisses, Socks in the Basement? So, hugs and Kisses, Socks in the Basement. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so I, think, I, read- I think he'll like that. You want to read it back to me? Yeah, so it reads, uh, Dear Brooks, right. you will get more tasty surprises like this right. at our live podcast on March 28th at Crook, of course, and Carrie at the park. Hug, hugs and kisses, socks in the basement. I think that's smooth, right? Yeah, I like it. Yeah, good. All right, cool. And podcast, that's, uh, that's, that works uh, together or separate? Yeah, podcast is one word, P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's the future. <laughs> hey, this is Acoustic Mike from Broadcast Basement, and you're listening to Socks in the Basement with Chris and his buddy Dave. I did the Broadcast Basement with Chris for 10 years, and nobody gave me a show. I'd leave if I had anything else to do with my life. Remember, the Broadcast Basement is available everywhere podcasts can be found and always at broadcastbasement.com. Did you see what Dallas Keuchel did? I'm going to read this story. Yeah, I, I heard something, but go ahead, and, go ahead and read it down because this it, is awesome. It's going to be one of the few things that gets talked about in Chicago radio when it comes to the White Sox because, like, I actually heard this morning on one of the shows, the and it, and it was a local show. Well, there's only really one local sports morning t- talk show, but they had on a national reporter to talk baseball. And when they started asking questions... They didn't even ask, they didn't even start like, let's start with the Cubs. No, they just started asking about Cubs players. 
Like they, 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 they didn't even like acknowledge the Sox existed when they started the interview off. And I, it just drives me absolutely nuts. I was going to say, did this national reporter even know that the White Sox were probably an not. existing probably team? Probably had no yeah. idea. Okay. And it, it's never going to change. But I'm sure they're going to talk about this story. So you might have heard it already. Dallas Keuchel took out everybody. And when I say everybody, I'm not saying just the players. I'm not saying the players and coaches. According to Bob Nightingale, USA Today, Dallas Keuchel took out the clubhouse, Major League clubhouse, clubhouse attendants, trainers, equipment managers, secretaries, bat boys, the entire coaching staff, front office, spouses and girlfriends, 125 people in total to a steakhouse the other night. Nice. And spent $25,000 on his team. Now, this should happen all the time because, I mean, these guys make millions upon millions right. upon millions I, of well, dollars. There's a funny story about – go ahead, though. But, I mean, seriously, he, he's making – he signed like a $55 million contract, twenty five grand. I mean, to, well, whatever. And it's nothing, right? Right. It's like if I took everybody out and I, and I picked up a $200 tab. Heck, it's like if I picked up a $50 tab. It's insane. Like $25,000 is not – it's chump change for him. Right? right? I mean, if the, if the tax attorney shows up and he goes, hey, uh, by the way, Dallas, uh, I know I originally told you you owed uh, this amount on your taxes, but uh, I was $25,000 off. I just want to let you know. Dallas just kind of shrugs and signs the paperwork and it gets sent off to the IRS. You don't worry about that. No. But no. it's still, you never hear about these kind of things. And he takes everybody out. Now, I want to just read a quote from him and then tell you a very quick thing that happened that I think is amazing. I'm going to read it right from the story here. Keuchel said, I don't know what made me do it. I haven't done anything like that before. I was originally thinking to have dinner for just the players and catchers or the pitchers and catchers. Then I thought, well, it's a new organization that really put a lot of thought into making this a playoff team. I love the positivity of free agent who comes right, walking in. Right. Who's like, we're, we're a playoff team. You know, I love that. I know that we sit there and we say conservatively 85 wins. But I'm rooting for the playoffs, just like you are. And it's realistic. Okay? Right. The, it's very realistic. The brain says 85. The heart says 95. 95 okay. Yeah, right. He says, then I thought this is a new organization, get a playoff team. So why not everybody in that clubhouse together? I wanted to show the young players, like, this is what a big league spread is. <laughs> like, I again, we talked about this before. I, I've mentioned this. Bringing in a guy who's won a World Series, even if it was by nefarious means, like a WWE wrestler that there's interference outside of the ring. That's what the Astros did. I don't blame Dallas Keuchel for it because he was a pitcher. No, he was a pitcher. See what right. I'm saying? But he he did win a World Series. He does have Cy Youngs. He's an all-star. I mean, th this is a big league veteran presence that walks into the bullpen. You know he has an influence on the pitchers, but now look at the influence he's having on the entire team. These are the things you want to see happen. The moment of the evening, though, is the toast given by Dallas Keuchel's mother, Teresa. Oh, his mom was there? His mom, Teresa, what? shows up. I love that. So wait, he actually has a mother, Teresa? Mother Teresa. What? Nice. Mother Teresa Keuchel shows this is, up. This is where you, pl this is where you <laughs> plug the Me and the Priest podcast. <laughs> mother Teresa Keuchel shows up, welcomes everybody, brings up the lofty expectations, raises her glass, and then says, playoffs or die! Oh my and then God. there's a bleep. And I don't know what the bleep is. I don't know if it's if, if it's an MF. I don't know if it's just an Fers. I have no I don't know what the bleep is. Mother Teresa is Mother Teresa's dropping F bombs, yelling playoffs or die with their glass up. The whole place goes nuts. This is crazy. I'm not, this is the best. Tim Anderson said, "quote That was unbelievable." 
That definitely helps team chemistry. Nice. Letting you know the bond we have and that we're cool with each other. It says a lot about the man for doing that. So the man, which is Tim Anderson, because Tim Anderson is the man. He's the been he's the, the guy man. with the swag on that team. Rec- swag recognize swag with right, that move exactly. right there. And I am eating this up. I mean, think uh, over the last couple of years, think about how miserable this has been. I am I'm getting tingles just thinking about this. Like I, this is amazing. I, I they're making me fall in love with them. Uh-oh. Bring the Kool Aid out. Let me guzzle a barrel of it. Playoffs or die, bleepers. Like that's. I, I want a. I want a Mother Teresa shirt. So I, we're gonna. I want to make this. I want to make a Mother Teresa shirt that says "Playoff or die, bleepers." That's what I want. I want one of those. I want to put it out. We're still gonna start designing it immediately. What about I the hashtag compete? Is that still a forget thing? it. Forget Playoffs it. or die, bleepers. Okay. Playoffs or die, bleepers. All right, we're changing it. Get on the phone with the merch people right now. We're sending a whole bunch of compete. We're sending a whole bunch of compete, hashtag compete, and hashtag no, no. prove it shirts to South America right, or wherever those sh- or wherever wherever the wherever the wherever the, the loser of the, the Super Bowl goes. Right. Are you or someone you know looking to learn how to play a musical instrument this year? Then you should be checking out Westgate Music School, 6527 West 127th Street in Palos Heights. Private music lessons for all instruments, including guitar, piano, drums, voice, bass guitar, violin, banjo, ukulele, and more. Are you a vocalist? Are you ready to play a musical instrument and looking to join a group? Westgate Music School offers group classes for rock band, acapella vocal, and barbershop quartet. Students of all ages and ability levels will have the opportunity to perform three times a year in a student concert. Gift certificates for Westgate are also available. More information, call 708-586-7002 or go to westgatemusicschool.com. Joining me on the phone line right now, he writes for Socks in the Basement. You can actually get a lot of his articles right there at SocksInTheBasement.com. Steve Parodzinski, how are you, buddy? Chris, I'm doing well. I got big plans, big plans for what's going on the 28th at Cork and Carey at the park. I hope you'll be able to find your way over there. I'm in the middle of courting Brooks Boyer. I sent him a an edible arrangement with a with a baseball donut on top of it over to the ballpark I'm, I, and a love note. I, I think that might work. What do you think? Go for it, you know. He hasn't responded to your voicemail yet? No, he didn't respond to my voicemail, so now I've sent him an edible arrangement. It costs a lot of money, too. I mean, like, I dropped 60 bones on Brooks today. So I, I know I know a thing or two about outside sales. So, you know, every once in a while you get these prospects that don't want to talk to you and they don't give you the time of the day. So you have to kind of get a little creative. So one of the things I actually did earlier in my career was I went to a, a cookies by design store and I had a bullseye with a target made on it. And I sent it to this prospect and I said, give us a shot. Come on. Oh, I like that one. Did, didn't end up working, you know, but ultimately, you know, sometimes you just got to try some crazy off the wall stuff to to get somebody's attention sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but no i, I like i like where your head's at with the edible arrangement well there. you know i'd probably send over a thing with a target written on a cookie and the next thing you know the white Sox would have the cpd here at my door thinking that i threatened them with my target so i probably i might have to stay away from that one yeah stir clear of that one <laughs> what are your impressions of spring training right now as we said i know it's early on records don't mean anything 
you know, a guy goes up against a guy in the sixth or seventh inning that probably won't even make the major league roster. What he does at the plate may not mean that much, but what what do you see right now that you like and dislike? You know, I think from my perspective, um, you know, to your point, I don't put a whole lot of stock into spring training performances. You know, when I when I'm able to watch the webcast because you know there's only six games per year, or excuse me, six games this entire spring that are uh, televised <laughs> on the Sox exclusive. TV home of NBC Sportsnet Chicago that just signed an exclusive deal with them. Not that I'm upset or anything about it. Um, but, you know, for me, looking at some of the younger talent, some of the guys that have really jumped out to me at this point, um, first and foremost, Andrew Vaughn. I mean, this guy looks like he belongs. He looks like he is not phased at all being in a major league spring training camp. You just watch the poise in his at-bats and the way that he's taking pitches. Uh, he just looks very, very comfortable up there at the plate. And for a guy that's probably going to start the year down in double-A Birmingham, just to see that approach and see him already have it in place going up there against some guys that are already in the major leagues. Like I said, he doesn't look phased at all. And I think that's pretty refreshing to see of a first-round draft pick from, from this team just last season. You know, looking at some of the other guys, you know, Nick Madrigal's coming out. He, he's kind of struggled a little bit here early on. I know he had an RBI single today. Um, not really being particularly selected up there at the plate, really being aggressive in the strike zone early on and, and really kind of having a lot of soft contact early here. And, uh, you know, a couple other guys um, in the bullpen that have really made some pretty strong impressions. Cody Hewer, um, watching this guy, I mean, this guy's got some stuff right there. And, and, and watching him, his first couple of appearances coming out of the pen, you know, this is a guy that really looks like he could be a major factor for this bullpen at some point here in 2020 in Chicago. And that would be pretty refreshing given some of the question marks that there are within this bullpen. So, you know, to have someone like him coming in there, just pumping 98, 99 with some heavy sink right there. I mean, that could be um, a real plus and a real pickup for this bullpen in the, uh, at some point here in 2020. And Aaron Bummer, he's really picked up right where he left off last season. Um, you know, just really has a chance to be a major weapon for this team in the bullpen. And I think particularly with the three-batter rule coming into play this year, he's a guy that can attack both left-handed and right-handed hitters. So um, seeing him pick things up where he left off last year is very encouraging. What do you think about Yerman Mercedes? I, I, I see that he hits a grand slam and he makes sure to basically points at Ricky Renteria or says something as it like he wanted to make sure Ricky saw that he in a in a moment he was able to get the hit. This guy seems to have shown up the camp and said, I want to be that twenty-sixth man. Do, do you think that they would consider having him be that guy? Like he, we could carry three catchers just because of the power that he's providing right now in spring training? I think that there is a good chance that he will be the twenty-sixth man as we break camp here in a couple of weeks. Now I've come under fire here in recent days for voicing my opposition to that just because he doesn't have any kind of defensive utility. So talking about carrying three catchers, he's really only a catcher in name only. And one of the things that I put out there um, on Twitter, maybe yesterday or the day before, and I caught a lot of heat for this was if your mean Mercedes was really as good a hitter as people think that he is, based off of what he did in Charlotte last year and some of the Titanic home runs he's hit here this spring, and I even had someone say that he was rated as an average defensive catcher, if that really were the case, he would have seen a major league batter's box before turning 27 years of age. That's a good point. 
you know, at the age of 27, that's when you're in your prime. And given the scarcity of quality catching that exists in the major leagues, if he was even average defensively, he would have been in the major leagues before turning 27 years of old. So that's kind of where I feel about that. But I think there's a decent chance he breaks camp as the 26th man. And, you know, I just question how useful that is to have a guy who is really nothing more than a late-inning pinch hitter who can't run, provides you no defensive utility. Is that really the best use of a roster spot? He's got the part-time mainstream media just gobbling him up. He's he's all over the the airwaves with people that don't really cover the team very much who are super impressed by him. Yeah, no, you, you make a you make a great point there. And I kind of likened him to 2018 Hulkamania that uh, swept the South side. And I thought by 2020, we would be past the point of fun, loving fat guys being a focal point for this roster here. I thought we would be at the point where we would be talking about being a serious contender and having guys that are going to help push this teams towards that. But you know, here we are. Listen, it's the South side. There's lots of fun, loving fat guys. They need one guy out there that looks like them. That's how this works, Steve. I, hey, you're you're right. Those are the rules. I didn't write them. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, you got some great articles you put up there for me. I really appreciate you still being a part of Socks in the Basement. Everybody can go and check out Steve Parazinski right there at SocksInTheBasement.com. You can also follow him. He's a great follow on Twitter. What's what's the handle? Is it still at NWI Steve? Yeah, it's it's actually it's NWI underscore Steve. Yeah, or or you could just look up Southside Clown Show still, right? Exactly, and that's where you come for all of your sarcastic socks commentary, old school night late nineteen nineties NWO gifts, and uh, live tweeting of Seinfeld episodes that are on TBS late at night. Excellent. That's all a growing boy needs. <laughs> exactly. Hey, that's the content that people need. Thanks, buddy, for checking in. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Chris. Have a good one, buddy. Speaking of spring training, getting back to the White Sox, how are you finding spring training going so far? Talk to me. What do you? Uh, what stuck out to you? Any players? Any? Um, anything at all? That just your first impressions of spring training? Well, my my first impression of spring training is first of all, I don't care what the record is, but no. I like the fact that we're winning as many games as we're losing, and our run differential is basically at zero or maybe like a run or two above, a run or two below right now, because that means that you're not just getting just tagged out there. And spring training is when you work things out. I'm totally cool with that. Uh, I also am excited about young players that are having big starts. Andrew Vaughn. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna <laughs> ask you. Vaughn I was gonna ask you how you like. I was gonna. Out, I was it, gonna ask you like about a couple of players. Yeah, Go ahead. Andrew Vaughn has come out and played six games so far and has a 1.261 OPS. Yep. I mean, and we heard he was gonna hit and that he was gonna be good. And I don't think it's a joke that Andrew Vaughn is going to be one of those guys you're going to be like, if they're in the hunt in September for the playoffs, it will it might be like, they might actually sit there and say, service time be damned, get him up here now, because you can add a heck of a hitter to come off the bench and play a few games for you. You might see him at the back end of this year. Speaking of service time be damned, one, I've been kind of going over box scores uh, of, of all the games. One player... Uh, you know, suspiciously absent from a lot of my box scores that I'm checking is Nick Madrigal. I have six not games, seen sixteen at bats, a one eighty eight batting average. Oh, it has okay. So I haven't really, even seen. I have not yeah. even seen him 
I haven't even maybe they I do just a lot missed, of split squad games. And you yeah, I think I just missed yeah. those, but I haven't but, I haven't been seeing. No, him, he made I a, not he made a spectacular ever. defensive play a couple days ago where he is much further away from the ball than short, and I don't know if Anderson was over there or not because I only got to see the replay because. Unfortunately, we're not airing a lot of these games on no, television, exactly, which is an right. absolute shame. The Sox are dropping the ball on this. Um, the excuse from NBC Sports uh, Net, or what, what are they called now? Comcast, uh, whatever Comcast they are. Sports Net Chicago. The, the, corp, yeah. the NBC, corporate channel. NBC Sports The corporate Net channel, Chicago, home yeah. of the corporate podcast. The, the, the excuse seems to be, well, we've got to show all these Hawks and Bulls games. Well, guess what? The guy who owns the Bulls also owns the White Sox. Jerry Reinsdorf's making a mistake during all of this excitement. By not sitting there and saying, hey, air a couple more of the spring training games because the Bulls are in the tank. Look at what's going on with the Marquee Sports Network and look at how Cub fans are upset they can't watch baseball. Sox should be capitalizing on this, and yeah. they're not. And it's it's a terrible, terrible decision by them. But that aside, Madrigal only hitting 188 with a 375 OPS. He's playing great defense. He went way past second base. He was closer. He was further away from the ball than the second than the shortstop. He covers so much ground, he gets it basically on the shortstop side, even though he's, he wasn't even shadowing, it didn't even seem like. He makes this amazing play and throws a runner out by three steps. Mm-hmm. He, he, the moment he touched the ball, it was out of his glove. He's a gold-glove caliber second baseman right now, and he will save runs with his glove. But the Sox have the perfect excuse and perfect reason to say you're staying down if he's hitting 188 in spring yeah, training. Something needs to happen real quick with him, or Nick Madrigal is starting a year in the minor leagues. So I noticed that um, I've noticed that Luis Robert is doing what exactly Luis Robert is advertised to do. He is raking during spring Off training. Off like a shot, three oh eight, one point one two six OBP in five games and thirteen at bats. Like I mean, these are all small sample size. Aloy Jimenez is basically right behind him. He's got an over thousand OPS as well, hitting over three hundred with a. Uh, over 400 on base percent. I mean, these guys, again, he's got five five games and 13 at-bats. It's early. It's spring training. You've got a lot of crappy pitchers that aren't going to make the majors that right. are out there. So Robert is getting guys that are that are AAA pitchers that right. he's going up against. I mean, Ross Detweiler yeah, was out was there the other say, day for the Sox. He, he gave up a ton of runs. Like, he ain't making a team. So th- that's happening on the other side, too. But I am encouraged by the fact that guys are out there. I, I, I really am encouraged by some of the things that are happening hitting-wise. I, I mean, you have some guys that have to work through some things, though. Yohan Makata is off to a slow start. Uh, he's, he's, again, small sample size. But if you're going to sit there and you're going to champion what guys are doing that's going really well in the exact same amount of games and at-bats as Jimenez and Robert, Mankata's only hitting 154 with a 421 OPS. So he needs to get it going. But again, it's spring. And this is when they get it. This is when they get it. Now, here's the problem I have. I have a real problem with Mankata in the leadoff spot. And I see Ricky doing it again. Yeah, they've been doing that. I was going to say, they. I when I've seen Mankata in the box scores, he's always leading off. And I'm just like, eh. I don't like him in the leadoff spot. No, I don't. And, and I understand that spring training is a time to experiment. But what is spring training with subpar pitchers and weird lineups going to show you that 162 games last year didn't show you when you can easily break down what he does in the two hole compared to any other spot on the, on the diamond. He says he prefers it in the two hole. He has been vocal about that in spring training saying that's where he wants to be. And whenever Abreu was behind him last year, spe- specifically were his best numbers of the year, right, because he's got so Abreu's, after, he's got right, Abreu's protection. You get an entire season 
of sample size to be able to break down data like that, and you're experimenting in spring training like you're going to find something different, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I like the attitude that Ricky brings to the team. I love the family attitude. Everything that's going on on this team, the closeness, the fact they're showing up early, that I've seen beat writers mentioning that these guys, they, they're they all showing up before they're supposed to show up in the morning. They're working out. When the, when the beat writers show up there, when people are showing up for work, there's already the crack of bats and guys putting in extra work every day here in spring training. Like there is a there is a feeling on this team that the players have that we are going for it this year. Don't count us out. We're coming for you, and we're coming for you hard. You've got youth and exuberance, and Ricky is perfect for all of that. And we but- have, right, and we have talked about how important that is, particularly with baseball, because baseball is so much more baseball. Baseball is so much more of a mental grind than all of the other sports. That if you have just one little thing that's off mentally, it could throw your whole season off. But I'm sorry, continue. But. Ricky Renteria does have an influence on wins and losses. The argument's always made, well, the manager only gets the influence a couple games a oh, year. Oh, I hate this argument I hate so this argument. much. Why do I hate this argument? Because it's not true? Yeah, it's not true. Because, yes, in-game decisions, they, they only probably account for a small amount of wins or loss differential and in-game decisions. But making a decision like this guy's my leadoff hitter and sticking with him for a month will easily change the outcome of five to ten games if you're wrong. I mean, you will easily change the outcome of many, many games if you get a lineup, stick with a lineup, or mess with a lineup, or don't find the lineup for a month or two. And I know he doesn't care what my opinion is of the lineups. He's been very vocal about the fact he doesn't care about my opinion, your opinion, or anybody else's opinion. (laughs) I was going to say specifically your opinion. Okay, He doesn't care about your opinion about the lineups, but he does have an influence on the wins and losses. And as much as he has an influence on the culture and everything like that, which is a positive, I really hope that somebody is sitting down and explaining to him these numbers that, yeah, you want to try this out. That's great. Opening day. Make sure you've got him in the right spot, Ricky. And I depend on Rick Hahn to be the guy that steps in. And yeah, does that. I was Rick Hahn say. has to sit there and say, OK, you experimented, Ricky. We're going to have a little meeting here on the plane to Chicago now coming back from spring training. And this is the data. And this is what we think you should do. Do they? And, and you you argue with me and try to prove to me that you're wrong, that I'm wrong on this. Somebody needs to sit down and have that conversation with him if he really believes that Yohan Moncada should be leading off. So question, do they not have anybody that they could put that is because we have a pretty decent idea of who's going to be on the 26 man. Do they not have anybody who can fill the leadoff spot that they're trying to force Moncada's you know, into that well, I, round I, peg square hole. Type like I said, I feel like it's experiment time. We're in spring training. Let's try things out. I, I'm almost more willing to put Tim Anderson up there than I am on even though I don't like the Anderson thing. Oh, I don't like him there either. I though. feel like eventually the guy that should be up there should be Lewis Robert, but they don't want to take a rookie and make him a lead off hitter. And I get that. So I think as the season develops, Lewis Robert is going to be the leadoff guy in the second half of the season. And- if he does well, <laughs> You could move him up and give that a shot, but I don't think that's starting the season. See, I don't. I don't think that's happening. We had Leury Garcia in that spot for a long time I'd last okay season, that. and I was very much okay with that. I'd but okay the problem is, the problem is, depending on how things shake out this year, Leury Garcia is not your every. He's going to play every player. day at second base. Okay, I, so that's I, I, what, that's what you. you think they're going to do. I think do. he's going to play every day at second base. I, I he had a he had a roster early on last week where he had a split squad, and his roster on one of the squads looked like an opening day lineup, 
And then all the other, then it looked like a B team on the other side. And Leury was the second baseman. Okay. I don't think Mendick is the second baseman. And then Scott Merkin, after I pointed out on the show last week, wrote an article maybe two days later where in a mailbag, he actually was asked the same question, who's going to be a second base? And he leaned towards what he was hearing is that it's going to be Leary Garcia starting at second base with Mendick getting moved in. And he's trying Mendick out at different positions because I think even though we look at Leary as eventually the Swiss army knife, Leary is good. I think he's the everyday second baseman, or at least he's like 75% the well, second baseman. Well, you got to put him in, the, you got to, you, you can't mess with what was going on last year and you got to put him in the leadoff uh, spot I'm just. Then. I feel like we're experimenting, and that's fine. It's spring. I don't care about experimentation. Right, but if we're two weeks from now, three weeks from now, whatever it is, and this is still going on, then we have a then legitimate I'll get concerned. beef. Yeah. I'm not going to get concerned right now about it because you're experimenting, but it goes back to what I am trying, what I said just a few moments ago. You have an entire season of data against major league hitting in a real season with your your the majority of your lineup in place. That data is far more reliable than whatever you're going to glean over a couple of weeks down in Arizona. Right. And the, and the data says that Yohan Moncada is better in the two hole. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd even rather see him in the four hole, but I don't like him in the one spot. Just, I just don't like it. And, and I know that people are going to sit there and say, well, batting order doesn't matter. A guy doesn't become a different person. Oh, come on. I, got, yes, I think a guy absolutely. does become a different person. Because and, I think, <clears throat> and I think at the top of the lineup, you have different responsibilities to start off right, the because game. Because you have a different you have a different mental mindset right. when you're in the one spot versus when you're in the two spot versus when you're in any spot there. There's right. just there's a different there's a different mental way of approaching it. I, I you know what look, numbers are numbers, but there's still baseball still baseball. And and this is why I lately I've decided that Don Cooper, after years of being annoyed with Don Cooper, he's becoming my spirit animal. Oh no! Because why? Don why? Cooper, somebody what, talk, what happened? Well, <laughs> I'm going to tell this story, and we got to get out of here because we're almost done. Oh jeez! Yasmani Grandal. There was an article that came out where Yasmani Grandal explained that when the White Sox came to him, I think Merck wrote this. When the White Sox came to him, that his first thing was, "What kind of analytics do you use for your pitchers?" And these are the four that I liked. And the Sox had to sit down immediately and make sure oh, they could man. sell him on those analytics. So now when you read uh, things with Cooper and you see interviews so, with Cooper. So was there. Well, and when you see interviews with Cooper and he was on MLB Network recently talking with Cal Ripken Jr. And he did a whole thing. He admitted that, yeah, I had to learn some about the numbers this year because that's what the language these guys speak. I think it was like, all right, if we're going to have these guys, Grandel wants to deal with this. Some of these pitchers were bringing in want to talk about it. Coop. Come out into the office here. It's time to teach you some of this. So now Coop is like, yeah, there's a place for the numbers. We got to be able to explain the numbers. I'm more of a coach. I'm going to do the baseball kind of thing. We got guys who will teach him the numbers. We're going to kind of like Don Cooper's becoming my spirit animal now because if he does accept that numbers make a difference, but he still accepts that baseball is baseball. Players are players and there's a mental side to the game. He's becoming my spirit animal. Well, it took him a while to get to be my spirit animal, but he's—I—I I, I have hope. I mean, they've I have used. Hope for listen, they have analytics. They've always used analytics in there, man. Like, there's look, no, no there's, they they've always used analytics. There's TWTW. <laughs> there's Gumption. Those are analytics. I mean, there's you know what you know, WWYD. What would Yaz do? I mean, those are analytics, right? That's a thing. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on SocksInTheBasement.com.